So I've been building a profitable coaching business since about 2013. It wasn't always profitable to be fair, but it is kind of now. Uh, based on just my brand of honesty and integrity. Now, there's been some slips along the way, don't get me wrong. And I've certainly delved into some shady marketing techniques from time to time. But for the most part, I feel quite confident in saying that I've been pretty upfront and honest in the style of marketing that I use, what I call ethical marketing. So naturally, in the beginning, especially of my business, this caused me some conflict, some ethical dilemmas when it came to sales. You know, I wanted to be really honest, but all the marketing strategies and tactics I was taught, thought, uh, often conflicted with those values. You know, I was told to create scarcity even when I had abundance. I was pressured to give time constraints even though there was plenty of time. I was advised to dig into my clients' pain points when they're actually already suffering enough and I don't need to manipulate them. And I thought, you know, surely there's a way to create a business and sell a product or coaching without selling my soul, you know. Uh, there must be a way to make my targets without being salesy or pushy or manipulating in sort of a harmful, deceitful way. And thankfully there is, and today I'm going to share that with you. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity. So today I'm going to give you 14 ethical persuasion techniques, you might call them, ethical marketing techniques that you can use in a business or if you're a sales rep uh, so that you can sell without going home and wondering if you've just done a deal with the devil and if you've just harmed somebody or just even feeling just a bit yuck about how it was done, even if it's in the benefit of the client. So selling doesn't have to include manipulation in the negative sense, you know, gameplay, seduction, lies, pressure, neediness, cut and paste tactics from somebody else, a big focus on money and that kind of a push that comes with that, and, or selling something you don't fully believe in. You don't have to do any of that. So in this video, I'm going to give you my top tips on how to sell through value-based and relationship-based methods. So that ensures that your client always gets a best deal. So this ensures that your client always gets a good deal and it's in their best interest. And that you're honest and transparent throughout the entire process, as well as building your business and getting the revenue that you need. So not only is this good for your soul, it's actually super effective in creating trust-based, long-term client relationships uh, who will never feel buyer's remorse and leave bad reviews or have a bad taste in their mouth after the deal. They'll never feel pressured or tricked into, do, into buying whatever it is that you're selling. And best of all, they always come out of it better than they went in. They'll be glad that this happened. Okay, first, generate leads one at a time by giving freely. Despite what everyone's always told me in terms of marketing gurus and that, I've never really needed to go bulk with my sales approach you know partly this because I do a high ticket coaching service so I don't need lots of quantity sales I just need a few quality sales um, and that service requires building a long-term relationship sometimes a short-term relationship but a very powerful service-based relationship a very valuable relationship but you really only need to go bulk when you're doing something that has a very low conversion rate all right think of uh, Walmart or the warehouse you know these shops that sell crap so they have to sell it in bulk for cheap, you know, that kind of marketing style. So what I suggest straight out of the gate is that you're looking to give value from free to sales. It should always be valuable. Like there's no point in getting involved in sales with something you don't believe in or something you think is crap. 
So you can build intimate personal relationships one at a time with people that are unique without templates or funnels or clickbait and you actually get a much greater rate of engagement, what you might call a conversion rate. People are far more responsive, far more engaged and over a long time period far more likely to buy at a high ticket level than if you just go broad brush, template, funnels, try to get as many people as possible. Now bear in mind that sort of broad general approach when applied in a certain manipulative style can make a lot of money, but I'm talking about a style where you can go to bed at night as well and not feel that you've sold your soul to make that money. You know, I see a lot of people, they sell all this high ticket stuff for bulk and they make millions and millions of dollars, but if you were to review their client's success rates, you'd find that often they're quite low. They have a few winners and they have a lot of losers, a lot of people who didn't really get much out of it because it was just some program that has no personal touch to it and so on. So I'm not talking about that approach. That approach can make money, but wouldn't you rather make slightly less money and feel good about yourself? Because you can have both. Now, how do you build these relationships? Using whatever information you have available to you. Find something you can do specifically for this one potential person who's in front of you that will improve their life. You know, if they're an artist, you might just compliment their work and give them some positive feedback. Or you might promote it on social media to help them get a bit of a boost. If they're in IT, you might connect them with a high-profile agency that's looking to hire somebody who does their role right now. You know, if they have confidence issues, you might send them a video with some tips that will help boost their confidence. Uh, if they're a leader, you might mail them a copy of an ebook that you created with leadership tips and saying something like, you know, give me a call when you're done, let me know what you thought of it. These are just some random examples to open your eyes to like looking at the person, going, what would make this person's life better? And trying to solve that question. Not heaps better, just 1% better, 10% better. It's just something that, like, if you always communicate with them like this, they'll always want to open your email. They'll be excited to answer your phone call. They look forward to hearing from you. They know that it's always good news. That kind of attitude not only does it make you non-needy because you're now in a giving mindset, but as far as they're concerned, you're one of the most valuable people in their life. So that's what I'm talking about in this next step, which is ensure that every step of the interaction benefits the prospect. Before contacting someone for the first time or continuing contact with somebody, always stop and ask yourself, how do I make sure this piece of contact improves their life, that nothing else happens? Right? Rather than thinking, like, how do I make sure that this leads closer to the sale? Think, how do I make sure this leads closer to them having the life they want? That's the mindset that you need to adopt and eventually embody. If you make this your primary motive over getting the sale, you're actually far more likely to get the sale, so you don't need to worry about that. But more importantly, you're going to feel good about this part of your business. You're going to enjoy the fact that you spend all of your marketing time helping people. That's all you do is make people's lives better. And some of them will pay you for further services and some of them won't. But regardless, none of it feels needy. None of it feels manipulative. None of it feels like you're trying to get something. And you can take that sort of pressure and that kind of disgusting yuck feeling out of contacting people. It can be as simple and effortless as emailing them a link to a study that they might be interested in. It can be something as intensive as writing a full report where you, you know, cover the performance of their website and gives them some quick tips on how to improve that. Whatever it is, just make sure they're always looking forward to your message. Always can't wait to hear from you. They're hanging on the edge of the seat waiting for your next video to be released. Like 
you're turning them into a true fan without any tactics other than being valuable. And when you put yourself permanently in the giving mindset, which is the hardest thing to achieve, but once you achieve it, you know, you go from trying to get something from them to creating something with them and they will feel that vibe. And so when it comes to actually selling something for money, there won't be any resistance or objections that you have to overcome. You won't have to use tactics like you know, time limits and constraints or discounts or anything like that because you'll be working with them together to create something. Right? They're going to be part of that, not something that you're going to have to try and convince them of. They will feel the difference. When I've had needy moments in my business, my business goes down. When I put myself in a giving mindset, my business goes up. And it's ironic because when I'm most trying to get money, I get the least amount. And when I'm not trying to get money at all, I'm just trying to help people, I get the most money. I'm not the only one this happens for, right? I've consulted with a lot of coaches that apply the same thing. Next point, allow them to guide you on what they need. So rather than trying to convince them to buy something, service or a product that you've already got in mind, focus on exploring what would improve their life, create with them, okay? Of course, you might have a particular product in mind that you're selling, but stay open to like exploring their issues, their goals, their dreams, their preferences, and try to stay outside of the box. Like, what is a way that I can help them achieve what they want to achieve with the various products and services I have available? Right? You might need to do something you've never done with any other client before. If you're selling a range of education courses, for example, any sales call should be essentially them telling you which course would be best for them. Through careful investigation of their education needs, they should come to the conclusion about what would help them most, rather than you trying to force something on them. And remember, this is the hardest thing to get about the giving mindset. Serving them right now might mean referring them on to something that you're not selling. It might be giving them something for free. It might be not working with them and having them work with somebody else. Because if you're really trying to serve them, you're looking out for their best interests, not yours. And this is actually what's best for your long-term relationship. Now, this is why they might recommend you to others. They'll come back to you later. I had an experience once where a person was choosing between me and another coach. I could tell they weren't sure, and I said, well, look, try the other one first. And the other one sucked. And so he came to me instead, and I didn't have to try and sell him. In fact, I kind of pushed him away, because at the time, I genuinely thought the other one sounded like a better fit for him. I mean, it was cheaper, basically. And he went and tried the cheaper thing, and he found out, you know, you get what you pay for. I don't have to sell anything. He can find out, and I can wait for months and years. I can have a long-term approach to my business rather than like, I've got to make my sales target by the end of the month, which is the neediest approach. You know, if you want both sales and integrity, you've got to think long-term. You've got to be prepared to wait. Yes, there will be quick sales sometimes, but you've got to think of the kind of long-term compound interest on building these relationships. You know, I have clients that come in and out every couple of years. So I've got this kind of like, this cash flow, you could say, of clients that are always just coming back in and out, and I don't have to do anything, but I had to wait to build those relationships. They might not buy from you right now, but what matters is that they think of you as the guy or girl who always has their best interests at heart. As one of my mentors once said to me, make sure that whenever they think of coaching, they think of you, even if they don't think of it for five years. Next one, if it's not the product or the service, give it away for free. Uh, a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is trying to monetize everything. And you get like a thousand call to actions on every product or service that they sell. You know, I see coaches trying to sell courses and putting ads on their YouTube videos and trying to upsell their coaching with books and 
you need to get really clear on the one thing that you're selling okay the one main thing that you do well and then anything else that's valuable just give it to them you know it's something very powerful to give away stuff that other people charge for you know I'll give away stuff that you have to pay hundreds of dollars for I'll just give you that advice for free I mean my podcast basically acts as like an online university and I'm giving away ideas and practical tips there that most people charge thousands for in courses because it's my coaching that's really my main business and that's an interaction one-to-one -one. none of my content can compete with that and so I don't need to sell my content while I do have things for sale I'm trying not to be a hypocrite here anybody can contact me and ask for those things for free and they'll get them and I'll often give them away for free my first coaching session with someone is always free sometimes my second one is too you know I make sure that the coaching sells itself rather than trying to sell the concept of coaching like they can just experience it so they're really sure of what they're getting with no risk you're not only staying in the giving mindset you're putting them in that mindset of man if this is the stuff he gives away imagine what the paid stuff is like and that should be true that should be that when they pay for it they're like fuck this is even better next point put yourself in their shoes your sales reps and entrepreneurs often lack empathy they get in their own head about what they need and want and get all desperate about it and they don't even like stop to think for even a second what's it like to be on the receiving end of this I mean anybody who's on LinkedIn knows this one like you get all these inboxes on LinkedIn all these people just mailing you with a sales pitch they've never heard their name before and they got a sales pitch in the message you just read it thinking like how did you think I was gonna respond to this did you think I'd read this and go oh okay then like I just read this and just go spam right as does everybody else and that's why it's not working for you you've never thought like how do I respond when someone messages me like this you might be shocked at how your leads and prospects feel about your reach outs and your various forms of contact you might be shocked about how obvious and needy you are and that will explain your low conversion rates you know you're trying to get the sale too soon they've received no value from you they don't know who the fuck you are you've done nothing for them there's no reason to trust you over the billions of other people in your industry why why would they respond to this unless they are really naive or really desperate when you have conversations with your clients record them and then listen back to them afterwards but from their point of view what do i what would it be like to be them in that conversation does it feel pushy does it feel needy does it feel like i'm being manipulated is there a sliminess to it you know because if you can notice that they feel it tenfold if you review the way that you contact people and ask yourself how would it feel to receive this and you don't come up with the answer respected served excited to know more then you're doing it wrong be transparent about your goals one of the most obvious sales tactics is people hiding what they get out of it and pretending like this is all in your benefit you know I, I hate when coaches for example are evasive about their prices you know they don't list it on their website you have to like get into a third conversation before they bring it up you know that's just so ugh to me like I know you're up to something you're pretending like this money thing doesn't matter to you and I now know that it only matters to you like you don't give a fuck about me you're just trying to not tell me about the money so you don't scare me off right I mean do they think I'm stupid do they think like I don't know what's happening here why hide it I know what you're doing you're just making it worse you know I had a guy call me once about a potential book collaboration or so I thought 45 minute conversation I thought I was going to be joining a bunch of authors to create a book I thought it was a great idea and he started talking about the fee to be part of this book and I was like holy shit this is a sales call I had no idea that this was a sales call I thought this was a peer-to-peer -peer collaboration 
Took him 45 minutes wasting my fucking time, getting me all worked up about something that was never going to happen. And the funny thing is, if he had been up front, I might have done it. He just said, like, you pay to be part of this book. I would have considered it that way, but because he blindsided me with it, I just couldn't trust him, and I'm not going to work with someone I don't trust. you got to understand, it's actually preferable to your prospects when you say something like, look, I get a good commission if you buy this TV. In fact, I get a better commission than if you buy that one. But what matters is that you get the right TV for your house. So you tell me what's right. Don't worry about me. You worry about you. But just being upfront about what you get out of it, you know? You don't have to be ashamed of it. In fact, the more shameless and upfront about it you are, the less weird it is for them. I always tell my coaching prospects how I feel about us potentially working together for paid coaching. I always have my prices listed on my website right out in the open so everyone knows what's up right out of the gate. I even let them know if I'm feeling particularly needy about money at the moment. Like if I'm on a first-time session with somebody and funds are a bit low, or at least in my head they are, I'll tell them that and kind of warn them about it. So like I'm a bit needy for new clients at the moment, so make sure you take that into account when you make a decision about working with me. And I'll try to as well. I'll make sure that we're a good fit and we don't take that too seriously. You don't need to hide what you're getting out of this arrangement. They probably know it already, so you hiding it just makes it weird and skeptical. People relax when there's no hidden agendas, when they know all the cards are on the table, they know what's coming. You know, it's amazing how people sit in a coaching session just panicking, waiting for the sales pitch at the end. If you tell them at the start, there's not going to be a sales pitch. I don't work with someone until we've had two sessions, so don't even worry about money right now. Oh, they relax. They can enjoy the session, right? Put it all out there. You'd be surprised at how understanding people are about it because they already know anyway. They're not fucking stupid. Next point, a practical one. Statements are better than questions. While questions can be a helpful exploration tool, most of the time when they're used in sales, they have a manipulative intent to them. They're designed to elicit responses that lead someone to a sale or elicit information that you can use against someone to convince them into buying. And people know this. If they're being interviewed in some way by a salesperson, they know what's up. They know where this is leading. Statements always leave the door open for someone to leave. A question is like a hook. They have to answer the question before they can leave. That at least they feel compelled to. Whereas a statement like, you can go anytime you like. And when people have that freedom like that, when people feel that relaxation of no pressure, no need, no obligation, they're actually more likely to pay attention to the service or product and make a decision that isn't based on like panic about money. You can say something like, what are you working on these days? Or you can say, like, I'd love to support you with your current goals. You can say, which of our products are you most interested in? Or you can say, you know, if you tell me more about your needs, we can figure out a product that works for you. Full stop. Silence. Make a statement. Leave them to reply as they see fit. Talk to them like you talk to a friend rather than you talk to someone you're trying to get something from. You know, and, and don't, don't let them end up feeling like they're being dragged to a conclusion that you've already got in your mind. Next point, take your time. You know, rushing to make a sale, even if it's something your manager demands, it's quite counterproductive to conversion rates in the long term. Many people say no just because they're being forced to make a quick, high-pressure decision. You know, marketing psychology will tell you that people rushed into a decision actually more likely to buy. That's not true. They're more likely to buy if they're respected and they feel safe and comfortable, and that does not come from being pushed. I know, I know. Like, if you leave people to think about things for too long, they go cold on the idea, they, you know, they get scared, especially high-ticket items. 
and that motivation has a tendency to have that half-life. People lose interest with each day that goes by that they're left to think about it. And there's a solution to this problem, and that is you never let them go away to think about it. They're either a yes or a no. It's never a maybe. So if they're not a yes, it's a no. And this is a very powerful, patient technique. All right, so if somebody goes like, oh, I've got to check with my wife, I've got to look at my finances, I'm not sure, I'm going to compare it with a few other models, anything like that, you can just go, okay, that means no, and that's okay. All right, I don't want to leave you with a maybe because that would be a disservice to you. And this is really true, especially in coaching, but basically anything. You know, if I leave you to think about it for a little while, what I'm really saying is I'm going to let you make an unconfident, indecisive move right now. Now, if you really wanted this, you'd be saying yes now. And you're not saying yes now, so you don't really want it. Now, it might still be the best thing for you, but obviously you're not in a position right now to call that shot. So let's call it a no so that you don't walk away promising yourself that you might get it and going for months or years procrastinating on this thing. Let's just say you're not going to. And if that feels good to you tomorrow, then you just keep living your life. And if it doesn't feel good to you tomorrow, you give me a call. But for now, I'm going to consider it a no. We're going to move on. It's done. You've got to understand that a no is often not yet. All right? A no is yes, but only after certain things have happened, only after I feel more confident, only after other priorities are dealt with, so on and so forth. If you leave them at a maybe, that, that thing will never kind of get to the top of the list. You know, if someone isn't sure about signing up to coaching with me, I explore why. Why do they feel hesitant? Why they're unenthusiastic? I tell them it's a no unless they change their mind, but I just want to understand why. I want to make sure that they walk away comfortable with the no. And if it's a financial problem and my payment plans aren't enough of a solution for that, I know that they really just don't see the coaching as valuable enough. You know, my payment plans are affordable to just about anyone, so if they really wanted it, that would be enough. So it's not valuable enough to them yet, or occasionally they genuinely don't have that kind of money available, but it's very occasionally. In that case, you know, if they're just not sold on the idea, I might give them another free session. Just go, well, maybe we didn't nail it this time. Let's try one more time. And if that doesn't work, then we know I'm not the right person for you. Or I might already have decided that I'm not right for them and so on. Or I might uh, say support them online. You know, I might support them over a course of months or years to improve their career and improve their confidence and get them to the point where they are able to have coaching where they've got that kind of confidence or that kind of uh, bravery. Most importantly, when you end with a no, you're quickly cutting off bad fits. You're not going to be dragging along behind all these maybes. Right? Any salesperson or entrepreneur knows the pain of chasing up and following up with someone only to find out they were never going to do it. And you might spend weeks, it might be dragging along because the person was just not brave enough to say no to you. It's better off that you say no to them if they can't say no to you and you go find somebody else who's already warm. Next one, collaborate on solutions. Assume that your person already knows what's best for themselves and understand that they're going to co-create a situation and if they do that, that will, they'll be much more likely to purchase because it's something they've designed for themselves. Kind of like a person's more likely to enjoy a sandwich that they made piece by piece at the buffet than having to choose one from the menu that's got like three things in it that they don't like. So you might have a preferred package or service that you sell, but where possible, be open to modifying it for this particular person's needs. Maybe it's shorter and more intense. Maybe uh, you halve the number of items in the package. 
maybe you offer a unique payment plan or a big safe um, refund policy. It's whatever this person needs to feel that this is the right deal for them. You work with them on it and show like, hey, all I want is for this to end with you getting what's best for you. You tell me what that is and we will try to make that happen. You don't need to give discounts and compromise yourself and do stupid shit for your business and you know make poor sales. You can have your boundaries too, but you work together on it like, okay, it has to cost minimum this. This is the minimum I'm going to charge you. So if you've got a money problem, it will be at least that. But how do we make that work? Payment plans or you know share this with a friend or whatever. I've done all sorts of crazy stuff with coaching. I've had three guys share a coaching package. You know, they all had the same problems, but they're all broke. So they chipped in together and just watched each other's sessions. I've done groups. I've done workshops. I've done pay by donation. I've done all sorts of little bits and pieces. Some of my clients only see me for half an hour to 45 minutes. Some it's 90 minutes every single time. Depends on what they need and what works for them. Get them to tell you what would make them excited about purchasing this, where they would be like, this is the best money I've spent this year. Let them give you that answer and go, okay, how do I make that happen for them? Because that is the real fundamental heart of a good business, is you give them what they want and need. Like I said, I've got to reiterate, this does not include giving discounts. Um, just because a client's pushy about not paying as much and because they're tight with money. Um, use payment plans, alright, if they've got issues. Make sure they're paying the whole amount, but maybe it spreads out over time, maybe even with fees. Um, don't degrade what you're selling just because somebody's a cheapo. If somebody really values it, they will pay full price one way or the other. Next one, slow down on a yes and respect a no. A good reason that a, whole, a huge amount of online sales die in the shopping cart phase, that checkout phase, you know, uh, leaving virtual items trapped forever on the internet purgatory, it's because they get excited about purchasing something until it gets time to part with their cash. And then they get really fucking nervous because they're rushed on the yes. And they didn't have time to like really think it through and come to peace with the decision. So nothing's more heartbreaking to have somebody quit or request a refund after they said yes to signing up to something or buying something. That buyer's remorse you know, will kill, cause a lot of salespeople and entrepreneurs uh, heartache and it comes from rushing the yes of not slowing down making sure they're totally okay with it following through with anything that might come up and ruin this for them you know making sure that they're going to be able to sleep that night and not panic about it especially if someone very quickly and excitably says yes you should be like whoa there big fella getting a little worked up getting a little frantic there let's just slow this down i wish that it was that easy i hope you're that enthusiastic but i don't want you to put the phone down and go fuck what have i done so let's talk this through. How do you really feel about this? How will you feel about it tomorrow? Really, they will feel so much respect when you slow down, where you're willing to risk the sale to ensure their comfort and ensure that they get what's best for them. Where you're showing, like, my long-term relationship with you is more important than this sale. I'd rather that you end up saying no because you realize you panicked into a yes and maybe buy something from me a year from now then buy this and hate me forever for pushing you into it and allowing you to make an impulsive decision or for like backing out getting a refund and being too embarrassed to talk to me ever again. I don't want those things to happen. This is about you and me in the long term. So let's make sure that this doesn't fuck that up. So you explore potential barriers or changes of heart that might come up. You ensure that they have the support needed if the panic sets in, you know, for high ticket sales. Make sure they've got a chance to really play with the thing, to know what they're signing up with, to get a good sample of it, a good taste of it. So... They can feel sure that they're going to get their money's worth. Ask them 
what would make them feel sure that they got their money's worth how do we guarantee that they walk away from this thinking at the very least i didn't waste any money you know just make sure they fully understand what they've gotten themselves into like most salespeople stop at the yes I'm like dude you're halfway at the yes there's a whole conversation to happen after that yes to make sure it's all good right this is your long-term client you're going to be working this person for years you might even change businesses and this person will remain a client through a range of products and services because they like you right think long term nurture that relationship nurture this person they might be i've had clients at my fucking wedding okay clients can be friends there's no problem with that focus on that friendship and that connection rather than this one sale that you're desperate to get over the line so you make your commission you know you'd be amazed at how many people say yes to something like a high ticket item and they haven't even checked with their partner right and their partner has no idea this is even going on their partner's going to throw ice water all over that shit isn't it better that you know through talking to the person that, that might happen and you go well bring your partner on the call let's talk with her about it let's make sure that this is okay for both of you i'm not gonna do something that hurts your relationship bring her out here right now you know make sure that you're not leaving them to try and sell the thing to her and they don't even know who you are and this all just sounds like a scam to her which leads to my next point delay gratification focus on long-term relationships okay a short-term yes can really cost you in the long run you know any successful business owner will tell you that repeat business repeat clients is the keystone to a good business all right try not constantly get new people all the time that really just doesn't work in terms of cash flow in terms of enjoying your job in terms of feeling like you have any sort of connection with the people you serve right like my coaching business is now almost 50 percent repeat clients like it's and that number gets bigger every year I look forward to a day where I'm barely ever working with new people. I've got so many people repeating. They might only come back every couple of years, but there's so many of them that they fill up my calendar on a kind of like staggered rate. You've got to have a patient mindset for that kind of thinking. You know, I might have a first-time trial coaching session with a uni student who makes $5 an hour fucking selling kiwi fruit on the side of the road and is in debt up to his eyeballs and doesn't even know what he wants, can't afford me at all. That's okay. Because in five years' time, I'm going to be talking to him. In 10 years' time, when he's a successful banker, I'm still going to be talking to him. You know, I'll be his coach when he's ready. I'm already his coach. He's just not paying me to be his coach yet, right? I'm locking that in now. I'm like, I'm going to be like, if he ever thinks of coaching, he's going to think, fuck, Daniel has always been there for me. Not only does that help my business, it feels good for me. I help these dudes out when they can't afford me, so they become someone who can they're always we're always in a win-win situation here so remember the primary focus of every interaction is they feel powerfully served by you in this interaction even if that means you lose a sale today that's still the focus right your name should come up in their top 10 most respected most valuable people in their life that's the real aim here you know surprise them with your willingness to be patient surprise them with being able to meet them where they are rather than trying to force them to where you want them to be. Stay focused on what's best for them right now rather than your sales target. It will pay out as well, but it just feels better. And in the long term, they come to you again and again. You know, if one of my clients says, you know, I think I'm ready to take a break from the coaching, they're always a bit nervous about ending it because I have a uh, subscription model where you just choose when it ends. It's not like packages. You know, I never try to convince them to keep going. I never, like, challenge them on stopping or anything. I'm like, sweet, bro, time to play on your own for a bit. It's such an easy process to quit my coaching. I make sure of that. I make sure that, like, 
they go, oh, fuck, I was nervous for no reason. That's fine. And so that when they're a repeat client and the third time they're telling me that, they're like, all right, Dan, I'll be taking a break for a couple of months and then I'll let you know how I'm going. I'm like, sweet, bro, stay in touch, have a good one. And it's just so casual and easy, both signing up and signing off are really easy processes for them. And I never make either of those a high pressure, difficult, emotional situation for them. You know, I used to I used to fucking hate when coaches did that to me. I'd be coming up to the end of their 12-week package and they'd say something in week 11 like, next week we'll talk about our future together. And I'm just like all week like, oh, God, so warm in here. So fucking, no, I'm not looking forward to this conversation. And then they'd challenge my need to like work on my own for a bit or whatever I said to them. They'd be like, you sure that's not an excuse? And what happens if we did work together? And what's the return on I'm just like, dude, leave me the fuck alone. Your coaching was actually good, but now you're making me not like you, right? Now I feel like I'm just another client to you, just more money in the bank. It's really important they always feel that you're listening to them. Now sometimes they're going against their own best interests and you always got to be honest with them about that. I have no problem saying to someone like, I actually believe you should be signing up to coaching with me right now, and I think you know that. But if you say no, I will respect it. So I'm not always going to accept what they say is true if I don't believe it's true. But if I do, hands off. I always trust that they know what's best for themselves. I'll just also you know, call them out when I know they're lying to themselves. So when someone finishes with me, I congratulate them on graduating. And I really, I genuinely mean it. You know, I hate it when someone comes to me and they said, I've been in therapy with the same guy for four years. I'm like, four years? Why won't he let you go? Right? Now, I have had some clients work with me for a long time, but I'm always checking in with them. Like, have you had enough? Do you want to take a break? Whatever. Like, only keep doing this if it's way more valuable than not doing it. And for me, it's a mark of success if they really feel like, I don't need the coaching anymore. I'm fucking crushing it. Great. That means I did my job well. The irony of me doing my job well is that they don't need me anymore. Now, they can always come back. There's always more advanced coaching they can do. There's always quicker progress they can make. I'm always going to be providing value to them. So go now. Play on your own for a bit. Come back to me when you're ready to go to the next level. And you can do this with any sort of products or services or whatever. You know, someone buys a camping kit. Well, go camping. See how it goes for you. And then let me know what you need after that. Rather than like, let's upsell this right now because I've still got you on the phone. As I already kind of intimated, the next step that I've got here is be direct when your product or service is the best for them. You know, so a lot of the steps I talked about is sound like maybe I'm holding back on the sale a little bit compared to sort of more pushy and aggressive marketing tactics. But it's as important that you sell shamelessly, directly, firmly when you know it's right. You shouldn't hesitate to tell someone, look, given what you've told me, this coaching is what's best for you. Right. Well, given what you've told me about your needs, I really think this product is the thing that does it. I can't think of anything better than that. And I'd tell you if I could. I really think we should start working together now. There's no reason to wait. Now's the best opportunity. As long as that's true, and you're always honest with them from the start to the finish, they'll understand that that's not a sales tactic, that that's just you being real with them. If they also know you're the same person say, I don't think it's right for you right now. I think you should look at something else. I don't think this high-ticket offer is going to be best fit for you. If they know that you'll also say that when it's true, then they'll trust whatever your advice is. So sales becomes really easy because you can just go up to someone after building a relationship with them and go, okay, now's the time to do it. Yeah, here's the link to buy. And you don't have to do any like tactics or talk them through it or NLP techniques or any shit like that because they just trust you because you've always been honest with them because you've got fucking integrity. 
And I suppose it's important to mention it again that all of this stuff is really hard to do if you don't believe in what you're selling. So maybe I should have said this more a bit earlier, but if you're selling something that you think is crap, that you don't think is valuable, that isn't the best option for someone, change your job, okay? Find something that is and sell that instead. This gets a lot easier when you're like, fuck, I wish more people had this product or service. Right? Then it's really genuine when you recommend it. You don't have to like trick yourself into it first. You know, the best arrangement is whatever it is that you're selling really is the best way to support someone in your niche with their specific problem. Like, I've got videos and courses and books and everything, but none of that is as helpful or as powerful as my one-to-one -one coaching. So I have no shame in selling the coaching and saying, my paid coaching is the best thing you can do with me. All the other stuff might help, but none of it will compare to this. I can say that honestly because I know that's true. So when it is like that, you have no ethical issues escalating or upselling to the main product. You're like, dude, if this stuff is helpful for you, stop fucking around and get the real deal. Right? You don't need the half-baked stuff. You don't need it watered down. Right? You watch my videos. You're watching one of my videos right now. If this is helpful to you, you have no fucking idea how much better the one-to-one -one coaching is than this video. Right? So I can honestly say, without trying to like sell you right now, that if you really want this sort of shit to work for you, just get in touch and let's have coaching. Why fuck around with the in-between stuff? Next point, stay in touch. Remember, this is about long-term relationships. And it's bizarre to me how many salespeople and entrepreneurs focus on new leads, right? And they panic about it. They pay for weird services that rip them off to get these new leads all the time. And the whole time I'm just like, dude, a majority of your work should be repeat contact. You should be, most of your contacts should be people you've already spoken to. A vast majority. You know, you contact people who are already your clients first and foremost. Make sure they're happy because they're the ones actually paying you right now. It didn't end with the sale. Right? They are supporting your business. They're your main people. And if you just want to even think strictly about sales, they're the most likely people to buy again. So if anyone should be served, it should be the ones who are supporting your business, right? They should get the best of you. Rather than like, okay, they're locked in. Fuck them. Moving on to another number. That kind of attitude. They're going to feel that. So current and ex-clients get your primary contact. And then after that, it's anybody who's highly engaged, anybody who gets a lot of value from you. Just because you didn't make the sale on the first call doesn't mean you dismiss someone. You just keep on serving them. You stay in the giving mindset. Sure, with your limited time, you kind of categorize them. Some people only touch base with every couple of months because they're very cold right now. And others are really hot. You're going to call them once a day, whatever. You, you base it somewhat intuitively on what's going to be best for your business as well as what's best for the relationship. But reaching out to new leads, that should only occur when you've already contacted everybody else and everybody else is like sorted for now and you've got to add to the pool. You know, last year I had a client who paid me just under 20k for a year's worth of coaching and he was an absolute delight to work with. I love working with guys like this. It's the first time he's paid for anything and I've been in contact with him for six years. Six years ago I met him. And only just now he's become a client. And that is actually a pretty consistent kind of experience for me. About half of my, maybe just more than half of my revenue comes from new clients sort of thing. But the rest comes from these long-term relationships and repeat clients. They're really the bread and butter of my business. Next point, collect feedback. Whether they've just purchased your product or they're in a conversation with you, just regularly ask for feedback. Like Constantly aim to become more valuable to people like them. And not only is this good for sales, but it keeps you in that giving mindset. You become this malleable thing like, you tell me what works for you, rather than like, I'm going to try and force you to take this thing. 
And it shows that you give a shit about them, what they want, what they need, what they don't like. And you're like, dude, my, my business is to serve you. So you tell me, you know what you want, you know what you need. Make this easy for both of us. Now, I was once doing this marketing training course and I reluctantly pumped out an email funnel. I didn't feel good doing it. It felt all slimy and persuasion and blah, blah, blah. And I was trying my best to like inject it with service, but it just really felt forced and fake. And then I had a number of former clients reach out to me with comments along the line of like, oh, what the fuck, dude? That just feels like all the scammy people out there, man. It feels like you're just doing what those dudes do. And I was like, ouch, because I actually already felt a bit of that. But I'm glad they told me. And that was the primary mover in me for me to make the decision, yeah, this isn't right for me, this approach. I'll go back to what I do. You know? So I just I stopped doing that because it isn't what served my audience. You know, if you're the product designer or the deliverer of the product, make sure you always consult the audience, your audience, in the design phase. Let them design it with you. You know, if I ever run a group program, it's designed by my audience. I say, what do you want? What should each of the topics be? How should the format be? What would you like the most? And then by the time you go to sell it, it's like all the people who helped you design it want to join in to see how it turned out. You know, it's just it's really straightforward. So those are my top tips for selling with integrity and of course if you want to increase your sales and your integrity this year then stay tuned because you might be able to work with me i'm currently kind of designing like i talked about in that last point a group program for authentic sales ethical sales techniques uh, for sales reps direct marketers entrepreneurs consultants business owners anybody who sells the product or the service Help them increase their sales and their income without decreasing their values and their integrity and their self-respect. So what I'm looking at, let me just have a look at my notes. I'm going to be looking at how to connect with new leads, how to approach people uh, personally in a unique and valuable way that gets past all their spam filters without using manipulation. I'm going to look at how to attract really interested prospects who genuinely want to connect with you. Um, through sort of some easy to create high impact content marketing, which is my specialty, so that you can be sure that they're keen for what you sell and they feel uh, in control of uh, what's going on and that you have fun with the process. Um, look at how to encourage an honest and unique conversation that escalates quickly either towards a sale or at least towards a long-term relationship that you both find valuable and that you both enjoy, possibly even a friendship. And learn how to sell without using any sales techniques. Just serving, showing the merit through the proof of the thing, building trust ethically, you know, without having to convince them to buy. Looking at how to maintain long-term connections uh, with clients and that feel more like friendships. So that the sales side of your work doesn't feel like you're looking at people as a bunch of numbers, but more like your community that you get to converse with and interact with. You enjoy, you have a laugh on your phone calls, you feel creative in the way you reach out to people to try and improve their life and you actually enjoy the marketing process rather than just getting your high from the sales and of course overall just how to become that person where you're the only one they think of when it comes to what you do like if you're a coach you're the only coach they ever think of when it comes to coaching when it comes to thinking about it for themselves recommending it to others you know um, sharing work on their social media they only think of you they become true fans you're a mechanic when they have car problems your name comes into their mind immediately because you've been so helpful when it comes to cars in the past you know how to create that effect with people without any kind of dishonesty or deception so anyway, i haven't fleshed out all the details yet i'm not even sure if i'll go ahead with it 
but it'll be some sort of combination of discussion and courses and one-to-one -one coaching uh, in a group environment. So if you're keen for that, let me know, dan at brojo.org, and if enough people are keen, I'll put something together. Thank you so much for watching. I hope this was valuable. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below, and I'll see you all next time. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity.